This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author, fanatical prospecting, objections, sales EQ, and inked, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, and on this episode, I'm with Kristen Austin from all the way in Australia, and we're going to be talking about positive mindset. Kristen's got an amazing, inspirational story that I think you're going to love. First, though, I want you to go check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is where people all over the world go to learn how to sell. And right now, you can take your very first course for free by using the coupon code free course. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. Kristen, welcome to the Sales Gravy Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeb. It's exciting to be here. So I met you because you sent me an email and you said, I'm just, and I'm not being overly dramatic. Okay. But you said sales gravy saved my life. Okay. So as soon as I, yeah. as soon as I read the email, I'm like, okay, well, if sales gravy saved your life. I sent it to a couple of people on my team. In fact, we were on our award trip for sales gravy with our, what we call pinnacle club when I got it. And I was sitting uh, in new Orleans and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reading this and I, and actually I was, uh, I put it down for a minute and said, you know, I'm probably gonna have to come back to this because this seems like it's pretty deep. And I went back, sent it to my executive vice president. We both read it together, went and read the article that you wrote uh, on Medium. And it was an it was a story that, you know, it, it got my attention because I, although I haven't been in the same situation that you've been, I've been in kind of a hole like this where I used those little vignettes, little videos, little pieces of a book, but little things I could cling to to kind of climb out of that hole. And and so I, what I'd like to do, is, if it's okay with you, is just maybe start with telling your story. How did you get into that hole to begin with? Okay, so back in May of 2018, I was crossing the road like a good little pedestrian. I was not on my phone. As a matter of fact, I got to the set of lights that I could have run across and been a bad pedestrian, the set of lights earlier, and decided I would wait and be safe. I waited, watching, looking what was going on, the lights changed, and off I stepped after checking that I wasn't going to be inadvertently smacked by a bus coming the wrong way or, you know, running a red light, and I walked across the road. And I got about seven, eight, seven of the eight lanes across the road and whammo, a car got me coming around the corner out of nowhere. I didn't see it. Um, all I remember was my body levitating weirdly or my mind kind of went, oh, up. And in that instant, I knew I'd been hit by a car. And then I woke up, you know, seconds later on the road. Um, and then I was scraped off the road by an ambo, taken to the hospital, and then my recovery journey started. And I would say that I have really been, I've really only just come out the other side of that recovery journey in the last maybe two months. Um, it took two years for my body to actually have the new body parts installed. And then it took another two years after that to really recover and build my body. And that was a really horrible, horrible time. Um, I essentially had to find my own uh, diagnosis because people just said, oh, no, it's in your head. You'll be fine. Just get up and walk. You'll be all right. Uh, no, actually, I won't. Um, and then from there, once things had started to be rebuilt, 
I then had to think about how I was going to rebuild my life because at the time I had the accident, I had a business that I'd had for nearly 10 years uh, in marketing and sales. Um, I was teaching at a university. I was the head of a discipline at a university. I was doing a PhD. Uh, I'm, I'm a wife and mum of two girls and all of that just stopped. And for two years, literally it, everything stopped. I had to put all sorts of things in place to keep my business going because I just couldn't manage that. And I have some really, truly awesome clients that came with me on that journey. But then I had to think about what was next. And, you know, when, when all you can do is really stay locked inside your house, yes, I did isolation before it was trendy. Um, so there was a lot of self-help that I read. Not an awful lot of it was particularly helpful. And so I thought, okay, if I'm going to rebuild my life, I'm going to go back to some basics. And I have been part of the Sales Gravy University community for probably about four or five years now. And so I went back to Sales Gravy and I think it was a fanatical prospecting course. And I thought, yes, okay, this will get me out of my stuckness in my head and I will start there and think about how I'm going to rebuild my business. Um, and the course was spectacular. Um, even though I had, you know, a slightly dented brain from all of this, but it really put me back to what do I do? How do I do it? How do I engage with people? Um, what's my point of difference? And I have to say, I'm one of those folks that loves, and I love to sell. Been doing it since forever. Um, my first sales job, if you like, was selling watermelon on Bondi Beach in the middle of summer, um, carrying the big chunky esky. Uh, that was fun. And then from there, I sort of went into running my own business at 21, um, a little premium products agency. And then from there, I moved into pharmaceutical repping. Best and worst job ever. Um, because it's so hard and it taught me everything that I needed about, well, not necessarily everything, but it really gave me those solid grounding skills for the rest of my sales life. Um, so once I'd started my sales gravy, sales university learning, it really inspired me to really engage. And one of the messages that I got out of that was that if you do the work, and I've always had a poster on my wall that says, do the work. If you do the work, the sales gods will reward you. And I love, I love speaking to audiences. It's great fun. And so there I was doing the work, kind of going, I have no idea what this is actually going to really do. Um, and then voila. I, I think I posted something on LinkedIn and someone literally responded that same day, thank you, sales gods, um, with please come and talk to my community of people. 
out of the blue. I'd never met this person. It was spectacular. And it just inspired me to keep going. Um, and of course, then we had the lovely pandemic, um, pretty much all agency bits and pieces kind of fell in a hole. And I went and worked with a friend whose CEO was retiring. Um, and I actually took over the CEO's role as head of sales. Um, and oh my gosh, some days it was really hard. But the rest of the time, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. It just, I was back selling again and I was talking to people and I loved it. It just, oh, Lordy, um, to the point where I actually sold us out of service to sell. So it just, I loved it. It was, it was, it is spectacular. One of the things we say in fanatical prospecting, the more you prospect, the luckier you get. And I don't think a lot of people really get that. I mean, the, if we start thinking about what you went through and your um, your article on Medium, you know, you were you even talked about like you you didn't even want to see people. You the normal like you can tell that you're a like an outgoing person who loves life. That you're locked in your house. You don't want to talk to people. Yeah. You don't. You feel insecure. You feel like you're, you know, you're worthless in some ways because you've been broken. Um, you know, you think about all of the things that go through your head and you can imagine like all the self-talk that goes with that. And it begins to, to bring you down. I mean, you can feel the emotions that you were feeling in that particular uh, in a particular article. I, I lost a deal or uh, I'm, there's a bad economy or the pandemic happened or we're about to see a recession happen. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that happen and your pipeline gets empty and you get at the bottom of this desperation roller coaster. Like you're just, you're stuck. And when you're in a hole like that, and I've been there where my job was on the line, where, you know, I've got a boss looking at me and saying, if you don't fix this, you're in trouble. In a lot of cases, you feel immobilized, like you don't know what to do. And that's what I read into your story, uh, or, you know, as you were writing it in Medium, is that there was this point where you were almost paralyzed, I don't know what to do. But what you changed was you started getting some momentum because you started having faith that by doing something, things will change. And that's what I think is so important for most salespeople. When you get into that hole, when you start doing the initial prospecting, typically you're not going to be getting a lot from it. What happens is the sales gods, right, or, or a bluebird flies to your window. I, I remember a particular time when I had a completely empty pipeline. I'm in, I'm in deep trouble. And so I started prospecting, like I would do 10 prospecting dials and then I would go watch a video or I do 10 prospecting dials and I would read something inspirational and then I would come back and do it again. And it felt like drudgery. And two weeks later, I get a phone call out of nowhere about an account that's ready to do business. And I had, it had nothing to do with my prospecting. Like I didn't call them, but I got that lucky break. And it was because I was doing something, because I was creating my own momentum, because I was creating my own luck, because I was moving forward. And that's one of the things for me, Kristen, that like I've got this deep and enduring faith that no matter what happens to me, I can prospect my way out of it because I yeah. know what happens when you begin doing that. Does, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Nothing happens until you move. And in, in business, nothing happens until somebody 
sells something. And that's one of the, the, the big lessons that I learned a really long, like decades ago, was that you have to do something. If what you're doing currently isn't working, do something else. Don't keep doing the same old do. Um, and just start small. I mean, there were days when I had to take fairy steps or nano steps, just microscopic actions, because that's all I could do. And at the beginning of this process, turning up to sales gravy or to um, to the university was the smallest thing that I could do. And if I could write a single because statement or if I could write a single or think my way through a single objection or think about what I was going to say when I picked up the phone to call somebody, that was all I had to do today. And then the next day I could actually pick up the call and I had my script. Um, and then the next day I could do two calls or three calls or whatever it ended up being. Um, and the, the one thing that working with my um, client of the last however many years, goodness me, um, they work in logistics. Logistics is a really crowded space. It did really well out of the pandemic, but was to make sure that the pipeline was always full always, always, always full. Um, and to the point where if things weren't converting on a, you know, daily or weekly basis, you know, you get that whole, oh, no, oh, no. But then I guess I looked at my pipeline and would think, but that is okay. Like there are things moving through the pipeline. They will convert. All I have to do is keep like stay my path and things will convert. And they did. I think I ended up with a, a, a conversion number somewhere in the vicinity of if I spoke to somebody, um, then I would I could get them to convert, what, one out of every two and a half to three times. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, there were days when it felt like shooting fish in a barrel, but it wasn't just because, you know, I, I was – necessarily just doing the work, but also I love doing the work. I love talking to people. I love talking to them about their businesses and about what it is they're trying to achieve and thinking through the best ways to help them. Um, so then it doesn't become about necessarily the close. It becomes about, you know, how do we make business together and how do we get your business better? Um, and I, I love doing that. It's just so much fun. If we think about the pipeline, and one of the things you just described is, we'll go back to faith. The faith that if I do the right things consistently, I'm going to win. Yeah. Then if you understand your numbers, I mean, you're closing 30% or so of, or more than 30% of the deals that you put in your pipeline. You recognize that if I'm, if I'm running my system and I'm closing that many, then now I know what I've got to put into my pipeline. And the mistake that a lot of salespeople make is that you you fill up your pipeline and then you quit filling your pipeline and all you do is work on the deals in your pipeline and then what eventually you're you become desperate and then it yep. does become about the clothes and not about helping your customer. And yep. for me, it's always about having a full pipeline so I can sell like I don't have to sell. 
Like I can have a conversation with a customer and I can be completely relaxed about it. And, and I don't have to even make them even feel like I, I need their business, but they begin to lean into that because I'm truly there looking for an opportunity to help them. And by the way, if I can't help them, then I can actually say to them, you know what, this is not going to be the right fit for you and me. Let's talk another time. And I can move on to the next thing because I'm consistently filling my pipeline. And that's where I think a lot of salespeople really miss and don't understand. They think that prospecting is, you know, is one thing that you have to do and typically a thing that you don't want to do. They don't recognize that when you prospect and have a full pipeline, it makes you better in every other aspect of the sales process. Oh gosh, yes. It it just it literally just frees you up to do a better job. Um, and so I would set aside every morning to actually um, like my prospecting time, um, my golden hours to actually call people, to set appointments, to get that done. And then the rest of the day was great for me to actually do those appointments, talk to people, follow up, write the proposals, work with the team, do what needed to be done, do the fun admin that you always get on the side. Um, but the, the really hard part of the day was done and then I could actually just, you know, enjoy and as long as I had, you know, the trusty cup of coffee whilst I was doing the, you know, the hard golden hours, the rest of the day just flowed relatively easily from there. It does. It's not like you're doing prospecting all day. It's typical for most B2B reps about a good hour of, I call it chopping wood, but a good hour of steady prospecting. And you do that every single day, the cumulative impact of that over time, just like you said, those little, those little nano steps that you were taking early on, the cumulative impact is powerful because it begins to add up for you. It compound, it's like compound interest as a sales professional. The moment that you quit prospecting is the moment that you begin to, to sink your, your pipeline. And what you've got to do is think I have to prospect every single day without fail every day and keep the pipeline full. And by the way, the fuller the pipeline, the more picky you can get about the, the, the opportunities you're gonna put in yeah. the pipeline. Curious about this because so many salespeople these days, I think that this morning I got 11 or 12 prospecting emails. I got zero phone calls. Now, and the beautiful thing is that I'm, I'm literally, I'm on vacation right now and my phone is right next to me. So there's no one from my office bothering me. And if my phone rings, you're probably the only person that's going to call me all day long and I'm going to talk with you. Uh, but nobody ever calls. So you were picking up the phone and talking with people. Why did you use the phone? Why didn't you just send emails to people? Uh, I do both. I send emails and then I pick up phones. Um, people send me emails and then I pick up phones. Um, I find, and I've got to say, lots of people are sort of like, particularly my more corporate folks are like, let's jump on a Zoom call or let's do this or let's do that. And I was like, let's just have a phone call and let's just be regular humans having a chat. Um and people relax when you do that because all of a sudden they don't have to check out how they look and what they're doing and, you know, how they're looking whilst they're doing whatever it is. And you just have a chat and they forget what they're, you know, worried about. And then they just tell you all sorts of things, which enables you to do your job better. Um, you're not there to sell, you're there to help them. Um, and if they're too concerned about sort of the stuff that's on the periphery, you don't necessarily get a chance to dig in deep enough to, to really help properly. Um, so I love the phone. The, the one great thing about having been a pharmaceutical rep back in the day 
um, was that there were, you know, email really, when I did it, didn't exist. Um, you know, we had mobile phones, but doctors are too busy to take phone calls. You actually had to front up and interrupt their day in their surgeries, in the hospitals, in the halls, in the cafe, wherever it was. And gosh, that taught me a lot about you get in, you get it done, you get moving, you you get your messages out and you move on with your day and you let them move on with their day. And sometimes they want to engage and have a chat and that's fantastic and that builds really good relationships over time. Um, but, you know, you've got to be kind of quick and punchy about getting in there. This is this isn't a sales question. This is more of a a life question. So you you went through this terrible accident. Yep. You poured your heart out in front of the whole world on Medium and sent me the <laughs> note. And and I know you're still in the recovery process. And I this there's nothing that, about this that's that's easy to recover from. But when you look back at the entire experience, what, if you could walk me through maybe or walk our audience through some of the things that that you took away from it as a human being that you, you would maybe feel like maybe changed you or maybe enlightened you or maybe something that you feel like other human beings need to know uh, if, if they haven't been through something like this? Gosh, so many lessons. First and foremost, um, life is short. First, hug the people that you love. Make sure they know that you love them without hesitation um it just you know anything can happen to anybody at any time and I know that sounds really terrifying we all live with this concept that we're safe if we control everything but sometimes the universe has different ideas and that applies to sales too you think right I've nailed this deal it's going to go through it's going to go through and then it just falls over for something completely for some completely unrelated reason, make sure that you've you've done as much as you can do either for your deal or for the folks that you love, that they know that you love them. Um, secondly, I guess my one of my other big lessons was be able to have a level of replaceability in your own business if you run your own business. Um, I worked and still do with a really great team, they all stepped up. I mean, obviously on the day that it happened, everyone was just in shock. But sort of after that, it was like, okay, I need you folks to take over. And I had no alternative but to let them take over. And they all stepped up and did an amazing job. And actually one of them said to me, huh, been telling you you can step back for rather a long time, haven't I? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it now. Um, and as much as I loved my business, it was really interesting what, like, and being involved in my business, it was really interesting watching what happened when I released the reins, I was going to say a bit, a lot, because I had no alternative. Um, and that was really interesting to watch. Um, my my clients rallied around the ones that have been around forever are still around today. One of them I've had for 12 years this year and another one I think has been around for seven years. They're the folks that are your kind of ride or die clients um, and they're awesome. The, the one thing that I had been 
prior to the accident was I was a very, very busy girl. I, I was run around crazy busy. If you ask me how I was, the response was crazy, busy, yes, but good. And, and I wouldn't engage particularly in depth because I was too busy running to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and just collecting the trophies along the way before I moved on to the next thing. And when you get left with, you may sit on your sofa essentially and watch Netflix for X years because that's really all you can do. It teaches you a lot about engaging with people and really spending the time and putting in the effort. And I found that that also paid off in spades with selling as well. Um, it's paid off in spades with friends. It's paid off in spades with my family. Um, just I've, I've learned to sort of go deeper Um there's there's not quite that same hurried pace. And I think a lot of people learned that during the pandemic was that you didn't have to bolt from one thing to the next to the next. And so now I'm I'm choosing to focus on my family and on my health and I'm doing more writing, even though I'm selling still, and I love that. But because we're largely sold out of a whole bucket load of stuff, um I'm waiting for, you know, some more service to be able to sell, but there's, you know, there's, there's some things that go along with that that are out of my control. So I am actually writing a book. So I'm just sort of like taking things a little bit more slowly. I'm, I've decided that I will do what I love to do. I won't just do stuff because it has to be done. I mean, everyone has stuff that has to be done, obviously. But I'm not going to suck up stuff that I truly hate, loathe and despise day in, day out for forever. Um, that's That doesn't have a place in my life anymore. I, I want to stick to the things that I absolutely, you know, love doing that inspire me and lift me up and work with people who also inspire me and lift me up. So I, I guess they're my takeaways. Very good. I love those takeaways. I think they're fantastic. I think you're exactly right. That's one of the one of the things that we learned during the pandemic and that I'm trying to learn on my own is, like you said, not to take up things that I absolutely despise. Um, pull, take some time off. I've worked very hard to grab time off this this summer so that I can write, which is what I like to do more than anything in the world is yep. produce books. So and uh, and good that you're writing a book. It's a it's a powerful thing to do to share your story. I didn't mean for this to be a commercial that you're going to give for Salesgrave University, but we've worked very, very hard on uh, on SGU. We've uh, I don't know if you know this, but we've loaded 16 brand new courses into SGU over the the last eight weeks or so, and we've got a lot more coming. If you've never of taken course. a course there, you can take your first course. Just use free course. But could you maybe tell people from your standpoint, not my standpoint, what it is that you like about Salesgrave University? What makes it different to you? And um, and would you recommend it to people? Absolutely. Wholeheartedly, I'd recommend it. Um, it has saved my bacon several times in the past. Um, and as I mentioned to you, I think it was actually responsible for saving my life when I was in a really nasty downward spiral. And you can downward spiral from just about any kind of cause. Um, the thing that I really, really like about it, there are a couple of things. Um, one, 
whatever your selling problem or business problem actually is, there's a course for that. Um, you can do them at your own speed, which is helpful. But one of the things that I love the most is that when you actually have on the online classes with other students, everyone gets to put their input in, everybody gets to take input from other people back out. Because as a uni lecturer, I know when you can actually interact as you learn, as opposed to just watching and reading, you gain so much more than just the actual core content. Um, and listening, I remember when I was doing um, Oh, well, certainly fanatical prospecting, but the sequencing course that you've had since then, um, that when I was listening to how other people were putting things together, I was like, huh, yeah, I'm going to steal that one. That's awesome. And it didn't matter that we were in vastly different sales universes um, or even in different countries. It's just that you could, you'd hear something and you'd go, wow, that's really interesting. I can either steal that as it is or I can adapt that to be better for what I need or, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And that stuff, that just inspires me. I've got to say also the um, the folks that teach the classes, um, many of whom will interact with you out like outside of sales gravy, either on LinkedIn or they'll they'll send you messages via email to kind of check in and see how you're going. And that's fantastic. That's kind of for me, that's above and beyond. Um, and yeah, I that's one of the things that I truly loved. One of the things that I would love to see improved, but you know, I realize that I'm in the vast minority of sales gravy users. Um, is that, you know, so many things are at 4 p.m. Eastern and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm looking at the back of my eyelids at that time of day. Um, I, I remember, I think, for one of the courses that I did, I was doing it at 5 in the morning. So, you know, there was a lot of coffee going on. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about 2, 3, 4, oh, that's, that's just hard work. That, you've got to be super motivated to do that sort of six weeks in a row. The good news is that uh, Jessica Stokes, who's one of our master trainers, sent me a note this morning and said, I want to volunteer to start offering courses in Australian time. And that's the, that's the biggest problem we have is that we need more Aussies so that when we, we run one, that we get enough people in the course, because you're exactly right, the, 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 where we, we really have a a tough time is running courses for Australia and uh, and and Asia uh, in particular because yeah. we, to, to to run them your time we really need to be run them at night uh, and and so she said she's going to volunteer for it and we'll see what we can do so uh, you'll see it you'll see the announcement coming out so you got to scare up some Aussies to jump in and uh, and and jump on uh, but you're right I think that the thing that uh, that makes us so unique. As a, as a training platform is we have on-demand courses you can take anytime you want to, anywhere. A lot of them are micro courses, so you can take them in 10 minutes. And we have our, our virtual courses that are instructor-led and live, where you get a bunch of different people in the course with you who are all sharing their different perspectives, and you're building out your network at the same time. And they're great for individuals, great for teams, and really no one else does that on any of the other learning platforms. It does 
does create some problems because we got we've got to um, we got a schedule at times in Australia, and you're not the first person to tell me that. So we're going to give it a <laughs> shot with Jessica and see what see what we can do. We we have changed some things around, so we're catching people in Europe. It's the time zones are rough; they're tough, but we can but we can fix this. Oh, look, Aussies are used to kind of getting up at random times of the day or night to actually interact with the US or Europe. Um, people are always like, oh, gosh, you're working late. It's like, no, I do this all the time. I just shift my days up and down, like, you know, depending on what it is that I'm doing. Um, but, yeah, it's it's. But if you have that level of motivation and you really want to learn and you really want to connect and you want to get the most out of it, doing that instructor-led course, um, and there are so many to choose from and you're always putting new things into your um, university pipeline, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. As a matter of fact, there have been a couple that I've seen pop up on my email and, of course, because I'm getting my email sort of six, seven, eight hours later than everyone else, I've been like, yes, damn, it's, it's full. Um, so, it's, you know, I'm like, can we have ours earlier than everyone else so that we can kind of, you know. I know, that's, the, that's the other problem is, you know, I'll send the email out and then, uh, and then I'm, I'm, I come, I have to be careful because sometimes I'll send the email out and the thing will fill up really quick. And then I got 50,000 people that are mad at me because it, you know, <laughs> it filled up so quickly. So it is, it, you know, it's a, it's a blessing that we're, we're that popular and, uh, and it's also, uh, a curse because we're, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to run courses and there's only so many live courses you can run a week. Uh, but, but if you it's get it, it's yeah, the nice thing is though, you can look at all the courses. We have you know three months of courses set up in advance, so you can go in and and get them those. And so that that's what the smart folks do. They go in and they go ahead and uh, enroll in those courses way early and take up yeah. all the spaces so that the the laggards don't get in. Kristen, tell yeah. me, tell us, tell us a little bit how people can find out about you and your business. It's it's pretty easy. KristenAustin.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. I look after essentially marketing programs. So filling, filling your pipeline with leads, um, doing the work that actually helps you engage better with customers because, you know, it's going to take six, seven, eight, 10, 20 touch points before somebody potentially converts over to being a customer. So we help you fill those up. Um, nothing beats prospecting. Absolutely nothing beats prospecting. As a matter of fact, I created a little game for small business folks to gamify doing some prospecting and getting in touch and doing sales activities. Um, and it's called First in Business. And essentially, you pick a card, you roll the dice, it tells you how many times you have to do the thing on the card. Um, because lots of people go into their small business because they're great at doing their do, whether that's accounting or hairdressing or whatever it is, they're really good at that, but the business doesn't do very well because they don't sell and they don't want to sell and they don't know how to sell. So this actually encourages people to connect and engage with people who can potentially be their clients. Um, you know, I, I love a good prospecting session, but some people are terrified of it. So if we can like break them in a little bit gently, happy days. As Very long good. as they do it every day, just one one small thing to build your business. I love it. That's that's a great idea, and I, it's what we started talking about is. 
just do a little bit every day, a little bit every day, a little bit every day. And those little steps have a tendency to add up over time. And the universe just has an amazing way of rewarding people who take action. KristenAustin.com. And if you want to take a course on sales gravy, go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. And you can check out all the courses. And if you've never taken a course before, so if you've never registered, you can take your very first course for free by using the coupon code free course. Kristen, thank you so much for spending time with me on the Sales Gravy Podcast. And folks, we'll see you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast. <laughs>